Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators podcast. Welcome inside episode 240 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Pillar up in Collingwood. And after two nights without Sens hockey, the boys are back. They're in Edmonton to begin a two-game set against McDavid, Dreisaitl, and the Oilers. But have they caught the Oilers on the end of a tough stretch? We'll get into whether that's going to impact this game. The matchup within the game of the two highest-drafted Germans of all time, Timmy Superstar, Leon Dreisaitl, will go head-to-head. That's special, but you know what's even more special? What's going on in North Dakota? We'll break down a pair of games from them this weekend. And when we tee up games, how can we not do our locked-on player to watch? We've also got a couple new segments alert. Stay tuned for all that and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Sunday, January 31st, and Pilsy, is there a chance that skating circles around the Toronto Maple Leafs last night could tire out number 97? Well, if you're the Senators, you better hope so, because you need every little bit of help you can get, and a slightly tired McDavid would be a small victory for the Sens, but if he was skating circles around the Leafs, he's going to be skating figure eights around this Sens decor without Thomas Shabbat on it. Yeah, we're not 100% sure yet whether Thomas Shabbat will play or not. We're recording around 10.30 this Sunday morning. The Sens Oilers get set to go at 9 p.m. Eastern time. But if it is any indication at practice yesterday, Shabbat was not on the ice. Although, maybe they just let him celebrate his 24th birthday. we got to wish a happy 24th to both Thomas Shabbat and Colin White. Always a cool story there, how they were drafted three picks apart, born on the exact same day. So, That's a a nice, cool little bit of parallel, but without Shabbat, the defense does not look so cool. Last practice, they lined up with Coburn Gabranson, Riley Zaitsev, Josh Brown with Artem Zub, and Jonathan Aspro was the extra. What do you make of that decor, Pills? I can't believe I'm saying this, and I didn't think I'd be saying this this season when it looked like the Sens are making a step out of rebuilding and closer to contending, but this has to be the worst decor we've ever seen. And I'm talking three years of rebuilding either in second last or dead last place in the league. And this is the worst decor for sure, right? Yeah, it has to be. I mean, Coburn and Gabranson are both like, what, six, seven defensemen at best. And they're on your top pair. And now, yes, you could say Coburn's a placeholder in this situation for Thomas Shabbat. But then DJ Smith said that Artem Zub will only make his debut if Shabbat can't play. Like, to me, that's wild. Get Artem Zub in the lineup. Why not? Like, Gabranson said yesterday in the press, he's like, oh, he's a steady Eddie type defenseman. Well, you don't think the Sens could use one of those? Maybe five of those right now on top of Thomas Shabbat? Like, it boggles my mind that DJ Smith is dying on this hill of, of not playing Artem Zub. Hell, he's called up two forwards from the taxi squad already and played them. But Artem Zub can't get into a game? Like, why not? Yeah, I don't really know there. I guess he just, from whatever DJ Smith sees, he hadn't liked Zub's game enough to get him in there. But I think we're if Thomas Shabbat's not playing, we're going to see him. We already know that. And 
if Thomas Shabbat does come back, maybe if Zub has a good debut here, we see him slot in the lineup in place of Josh Brown. Now, I mean, Josh Brown has been a decent defenseman, but you've already got a couple big, rugged guys on your uh, decor. So maybe switch it up for a steady Eddie guy like Artyom Zub, who can also contribute a little bit offensively. He put up some decent numbers in the KHL. Let's hope he can be an offensive catalyst for this uh, a Senator's defense. Yeah, let's hope that gold medal doesn't weigh him down too much, assuming he's going to not wear it on the ice. But you mentioned uh, how the decor is going to shake out. They need puck movers, and that's evident already. But then Christian Willanden, who left the game in Vancouver, he's going to be out seven to ten days. So don't expect Willanden back until the end of this road trip. However, whether we see Zub or not, I can tell you we will see two of the top five players help for my money two of the top three players with Sidney Crosby in the National Hockey League. I'm talking Connor McDavid. I'm talking Leon Dreisaitl. Those guys have just menaced the NHL since becoming a duo back, what, 2015, 2016? And then McDavid has that knee surgery, comes back. He's better than ever. He was unreal. I watched that game last night between the Oilers and Leafs, and it, it was dial up the highlight reel, that end-to-end rush. But that's just become the norm for Connor McDavid. There's no one in this league that can take control and seize the momentum of a game like Connor McDavid. Like, he was just picking up the puck behind his own net. And 10 seconds later, he produces a highlight reel play, going, splitting the D, splitting four Leafs defense or uh, Leafs players, to be honest. Like, he just went through that entire team, beats Anderson. Boom, what a goal. And of course, he gets the OT winner. Not a big deal. So, Connor McDavid is going to be an absolute problem for the Ottawa Senators tonight. And if the Sens can hope to stop, stop Connor McDavid, how the heck are they going to stop Leon Dreisaitl as well? This one-two punch is so lethal. Connor McDavid coming into tonight on a six-game point streak where he has four goals and eight assists. So 12 points in his last six games for Connor McDavid. Oh yeah, he only had one game without a point, And then he had five points in the two games before that. So expect McDavid to be a handful. Is that the hottest take that I've ever said, said on this show? Yeah, you heard it here first. Connor McDavid is good, and he might be a problem for your Ottawa Senators tonight. Hey, hey, getting from that into the German theme of the game, because I mentioned off the top the Stutzla and Dreisaitl show, but it goes a little bit deeper than that. Two players who ended up coming over to North America to play junior. I'm talking about Dreisaitl, but I'm also talking about his line mate, Dominic Cahoon. They actually played together much like Marit Sider and, and Tim Stutzla did, on Mannheim's junior team back in 2011. So it's kind of funny that we always chirp about how they bring in players with familiarity in Ottawa and like with certain players. And, oh, he was, he was coached by DJ Smith, if you're Josh Brown. But they went out and got Leon Dreisaitl's old teammate from when they were 15 years old. Filzy, when they were 15, they had 57 and 56 points in 35 games in a junior league. So they're tearing it up, no doubt. But Dominic Cahoon with one more point than Dreisaitl in that league. So look out for him. He's a little water bug type player. Plays the wing with, uh, with Leon on that line as well. And we've seen a rotation of right wingers. And sometimes it's a pair of sends abroad. And we'll touch on that a little bit later. But yeah, it was a return to the NHL, I think, two, three years ago with uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. And Cahoon had 37 points then. He had 31 points last year. He only has two points in 10 games, but he's a guy who I'm going to keep my eye on tonight as a guy who could make a serious impact. 
taking some risk with guys who have had chemistry. Like when you're the Edmonton Oilers and you pick up a guy like Dominic Cahoon, I'm pretty sure they picked him up for, they're just paying him a league minimum salary. I can't believe the Buffalo Sabres let a guy like that go with the depth scoring problems they're having, but that's a massive boost for the Edmonton Oilers because that's going to be a nice connection. And it's great if you're, if you're a fan of German hockey to see three of the greatest German hockey players all get to light it up and lace them up tonight in a classic battle. We're going to get used to of the Scotia North division of the Ottawa Senators and Edmonton Oilers here. And if you're Timmy, you got to be, you got to have an extra pep in your step, you know? Like he talked about it. Leon Dreisaitl is a guy that he looks up to and he's wanted to follow in his path. And Leon Dreisaitl, probably the greatest German hockey player ever. So that's a guy you're going to want to have a good showing against. I think we're going to see Timmy Stutzla have a little extra speed in his step when he gets the puck on his stick tonight. Wow, no respect for Olaf Kolzing, team. German no, I got a lot legend. of respect for Olaf Kolzing, but he never won a Hart Trophy, so you can <laughs> you can try to argue that. That's fair. Okay, power rank the Germans in tonight's game in terms of point prediction. Can we get Timmy Superstar on the board? He knows everybody back home is watching this one. I'd be great to get Timmy on the board. Yeah, if we could get him with a nice power play marker here and and a early. highlight real goal would be great early. Yeah, it would be awesome too. Honestly, it, he doesn't even need to get points. I just want to see him really have a good showing. Like get a couple scoring chances, uh, get some nice zone entries. Like we're talking baby steps here when we're looking at goals for the Ottawa Senators who have lost seven straight games. So let's let's work towards a victory. We don't have to jump right in and get that big W right away. So the Ottawa Senators have already faced Jack Campbell this season. They've already faced Laurent Boissois. They've already faced both Vancouver goalies. I hesitate to call either the backup. But tonight, Pilsy, it's another no-name Tendy who will get the start. Tell us about tonight's opponent in the crease. Troy Grosinick, if I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah, I'm not sure if you're pronouncing that right or not, Ross, because his name has not been announced on an NHL game broadcast since 2014-2015. He played two games with the San Jose Sharks. He's 32 years old now. I'm assuming we're going to get to see him, seeing as Koskinen was in the game last night, and then Mike Smith is on the IR. So their next guy is Troy Grosnick. And he, he's been in the AHL for a long time. Like I said, hasn't played in the NHL since 2015. But he's been a solid goalie in Milwaukee the last few seasons. Like last year, 33 games. He had a 2.29 goals against average and a .92 save percentage. So that's pretty solid. But also, you got to keep in mind, the Milwaukee Admirals were the best team in the entire American Hockey League last year, if you're asking me. So good team in front of him we'll see how he does with the Edmonton Oilers here tonight but it's just it's so unfortunate for the Senators and I'm assuming Thomas Shabbat will not be playing tonight but it's so unfortunate they're without their number one guy on defense when you have an opportunity to take advantage of a fresh goalie here up against an Edmonton Oilers team that lets in a lot of goals as well so I'm going to be interested to see if the Sens can pounce on this guy I want Peppered shots, traffic in front, greasy goals. Same as always, but turn it up a notch because you're going to get these opportunities that you weren't getting with Thatcher Demko and Braden Holpe who have excellent rebound control. 24 shots on goal for Ottawa in the first period of last game. Let's see if the Sens can keep up that intensity, not only early, but often. And we've got a ton more to come for this game. We're going to preview our Locked On player. We have a couple new segments, our Lookout player and our Sens Abroad. Key to victory coming up at the final end of this show but it's Sunday it's a weekend edition I was joking with Pilsy it felt weird saying Sunday off the top because 
It's usually Saturday. We have our Send Central Citizen, but don't worry. We still have it. It's coming up right after we tell you about betonline.ag. And I am doing so poorly, but I'm still having fun making wagers because we're not going crazy. It's $10 a game type type wagers, but we're having fun because BetOnline gives us everything we need to be able to have fun wagers. Like, who's going to score the first goal of the game? Is a certain player going to get a multi-goal game? I love putting a little shekel here, a little shekel there because the odds are just too good to pass up. I'm still hammering Drake Batherson, multi-point game. It's going to happen eventually. But when you go to betonline.ag and you put in the promo code locked on after you create your free account, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus with your name on it. That is one of the best promo codes in the business. So make your account for free, betonline.ag, promo code locked on. And let's say you put in $100. You'll get $50 just like that. You don't even have to win your first bet. $50 in your account, put in 200, get 100 for free. That is the bet online way. And what are you going to do with that extra money? Well, I say you save it and Pillsy comes at you with his Pillsy's parlay of the day. He's going to win eventually. He's won in the past and he's going to win again. Pillsy, how are you going to get these people their money? They want answers. Ross, I appreciate you saying he's won in the past and not gone through my record and said how many times I've lost because spot the lie, I have won in the past. So Pillsy's parlay of the day, it is possible, people. Believe in possible. And I got a good feeling about tonight's parlay. A lot of games tonight, unlike uh, the, the other couple times where I've had to make a parlay out of just one matchup. So this is a little exciting. Let's start off with This is a team that I think is probably the favorite to win the Stanley Cup. They showed well last night in the same matchup. The Colorado Avalanche up against the Minnesota Wild. They beat them 5-1 last night. Let's get their money line. I I think they can win by two, but the puck lines have not been generous this season. Like, Take a look at the scores. There's been a lot of OT games, so I'm not going to risk the puck line. We're going to go safe here. Money line, Colorado Avalanche at minus 145, and then you got to keep it interesting when you're watching the Sens game. So let's hit that over at six and a half. Like we talked about, the Sens giving up a lot of goals. The Edmonton Oilers are third in the league in goals against, and they're playing their third string goalie who hasn't played an NHL game in six seasons. So the Sens have a good chance to score here. The Edmonton Oilers, they always got a good chance to score when you got the two leading players in the league in points. So let's combine Colorado money line with the over at six and a half of the Sens Oilers game, we're going to put 10 bucks in. That's going to win us 2430. That's Pillsy's parlay of the day. So you're smart. You learned to not wager on the Ottawa Senators. I need to go to some sort of support group because I can't help myself. I need to sprinkle a little bit on my Ottawa Senators. And I go to bet online to do that. And you can too, because we want you to stay off the sidelines, get into the action. And don't forget the promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. It's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Pillsy, we're about to have our Send Central Citizen of the Week join us. It's going to be Chris May. Now, Chris reached out to us, and funny enough, he is a first-year student at the College of Sports Media where we had our two years of broadcasting school. So I'm looking forward to this one. It's going to be a fun chat. Yeah, I'm excited too, Ross. It feels like a lifetime ago we were first-year students at the College of Sports Media. What a blast it is going to school there. Like, just so much fun. You learn a lot. The teachers are great. It's going to be interesting to talk to him about uh, doing a broadcast school in COVID. Like, we were very, very fortunate to 
get to go in the newsroom and get to go in the podcast studio, all these kind of things without restrictions and masks and social distancing and all this kind of stuff. So what a different world that is. And uh, hey, we're going to get his take on the Ottawa Senators as well, of course. Yeah, he's a big Sens fan. He reached out to us on Twitter at ChrisMay9188. So without further ado, let's go and see how he became an Ottawa Senators fan. All right, we now welcome this week Send Central Citizen. It's Chris May. You can follow him on Twitter at Chris May 9188. And in a couple of years, he might be interviewing us because he's a first year student at the College of Sports Media where Pilsy and I went 2016 to 2018. What's going on, man? How's, that? How's the broadcast game going? It's interesting right now, obviously with the pandemic, but it's it's a really great environment. The school's awesome. You guys know it's it's a great environment for people like us who just love sports and can't stop talking about it. And you know, it feels like work more than school. Which after going to university, I love that. I love the hands-on. It's it's incredible. Yeah. Okay. So how did you find out about college sports media? You just said you went to university. So what was your path to lead you here? Because funny enough at CSM and Ross and I can attest to this as well. It's not most people's first career choice. Ross and I both went to George Brown College for uh, restaurant uh, degrees. And then we decided to switch (laughs) diplomas, I should say. Food and beverage management was mine. And then uh, Ross was in the culinary side of it. So then we thought, hey, working in restaurants, that's not the best thing for us all our lives. You miss all the games working nights. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, you miss all the games. So what was your path to make it to CSM? So yeah, I I went to the University of Guelph um, and did an econ degree. And if, if you could pick between, you can't really find a less exciting thing than economics. I mean, just for me, it wasn't really doing it for me. I, I just couldn't see myself really enjoying that for, for a career, for my life. So I, I was always interested in kind of sports management, like maybe going into the, the front office side. And then it was, just, it was just a quick Google search. I was just looking for options after school, after, um, after Guelph. And I saw CSM and I just, I just gave Dave an email. He called the president. He called me back that day, scheduled a meeting, and it, and it kind of went from there. It was, I, I really liked what I saw there. I liked the people that they had to, to teach. And it was, you know, it seemed right for me. For so sure. you, you said that you're in, you went to Guelph, but you're from Brantford. How does one become an Ottawa Senators fan with that background? Yeah, exactly. I'm a rare Southern, more Southern Ontario Sens fan. But it was, it was around when I was eight. I, um, I hadn't really picked a team yet. My dad was a big Leafs fan, but I was keeping an eye on the league, just watching as much hockey as possible. And in that, in that 2005-06 season, the Leafs missed the playoffs by, I think, two points. And I was like, okay, I don't, I don't necessarily want to stop watching hockey just because the Leafs are out. So I looked all the way up the Eastern Conference standings, and who would I see? The Ottawa Senators, top of the Eastern Conference, and they had that electric – kind of three-headed monster with Alfie Spets and Heatley. Um, so I said, hey, if the Leafs aren't playing, might as well watch a good team that's still playing. And it just went from there, it took off from there. Yeah, that's right around when I hopped on the Sens as well, when Dominic Hasek came around. So just a little before you. And man, what a great time to hop on the Sens when they're on the rise. Who, I mean, you mentioned the, the pizza line, obviously the top line, but who are some of the other guys on that team that really caught your eye and uh, really sparked your interest in this team? So my guy throughout his time in Ottawa was Mike Fisher. I loved Mike Fisher. I don't know why. I mean, obviously, he was just a great, like, heart and soul kind of leader. And you saw it even when he moved over to Nashville, became the captain. You could just tell he was playing so hard for his team. I kind of just loved his look. I had a bunch of friends that also loved him. It was Mike Fisher was my guy. 
Nice. The fact that he's an Ontario boy too. You guys yeah. both from different parts of Ontario end up with the Ottawa Senators. No, you got to love that. He had some sick years in Ottawa, right? Like a couple yeah. seasons where you're looking at mid 20 goals, like one, two, three, four, like five 20 plus goal seasons with Ottawa. I think he gets maybe underrated a bit in that aspect is considered more. He was so dynamic on the penalty kill and could mm-hmm. be that, that physical presence as well. There's that one highlight from the Stanley cup finals where I forget who it is, but he just grabs a guy in the scrum, just picks him up and, and body slammed him right down. And you needed anything that went positive in that finals because uh, otherwise not great. But other than that, yeah, Fisher was a stud. Uh, how about on the back end? Any guys like the Volchi's my guy. Volchenkov oh, was such a beast. I loved watching Volchenkov out there too. I mean, Chris Phillips, Wade Redden. Big Wayne train. I loved, I loved, I did love that whole team. And, and that was the team that really made me fall in love with the NHL. I didn't, I didn't pay attention too much before that, but that team was electric. I was, I was a huge fan of that squad. Nice. Beyond that. So that's like the 06, 07, those, those teams when they're really up and coming. Then there was a few lean years, you know, you're trying to figure out who's the coach. Is it going to be Clouston, Hartsburg? I'm probably missing seven or eight of them in there because they went through so many. And then they came on Paul McClain. They had a couple of good playoff runs with him. Then the playoff run, obviously, with Guy Boucher. Which one of those stands out most, 2013, 2017? So, so for me, it was 2017 because, I mean, the Sens weren't supposed to be there, really. And I just love them beating Boston and New York to get to, get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, I have fans, friends who are fans of both of those teams. So it was great to kind of see the little guys up north take down those huge organizations and, and series they were really given a chance in. Going um, into MSG and, and, going and into clenching MSG it? And just seeing Carlson do what he did, I, I couldn't have been more excited. Um, and, and after Fisher, I'd say Carlson is was my guy he was he's probably my all-time favorite senator just for what he did there and that and especially that run I mean talk about just a joy to watch every night and that 2017 run it, it might have may have started this kind of period now but like those are memories I'll always always have until until hopefully the next Eastern Conference final down the road yeah Chris I'm with you that that playoff run I mean that's when uh we started the podcast we started January 2017 so we got to ride along that playoff run the whole time there's so many good moments so many feel good stories of guys bouncing back and having good series and stuff but hey we can reminisce on the past all we want but we got to move to what's happening today and it is not as glorious and not as many feel good moments but this is a question we're going to start asking Sen Central citizens when they're on. If you're DJ Smith, what move do you make to try to turn this around? Uh, I think I think that the decor is the most pressing pressing issue right now. Um, I think it needs a bit of a shuffling. I mean, I and also with DJ Smith, I feel like he he's got he's got some leash right now with making changes because this this the fan base seems to be a little fed up with kind of just the status quo, the same old. So I know you guys are preaching the franchise and I don't mind that at all, especially in, uh, in the spot of Mike Riley. I mean, I think the fans might head to the Canadian, the Canadian tire center with some pitchforks if Mike Riley is getting as much power play time and as much kind of free roam as he has now. Why not? Why not bring in Brandstrom and just put him in that spot, have him move the puck like they want Riley to, um zub i would like to see this mythical creature that is zub 
I mean, nobody's really seen what he can do. I, I don't think DJ Smith has anything to lose with bringing him in. So I'd say focus on the decor. I like the forward group, even going into the season. I didn't mind the forward group. I think, I think that's they're underperforming right now, but I think they'll bounce back. I think the decor needs some changes for them to be where you need to be um, to kind of compete in this, especially in this North division. So Chris, I got good news and I got bad news for you. What do you want first? Give me the bad first. Give oh, I feel like you're a good news first guy. No bad news. Well, it looks like Shabbat's not going to play tonight, but Artem Zub, as we're speaking right now, called up from the taxi squad. The mythical creature himself will be in the lineup. What do you expect to see from this guy? I expect him to be hard to play against. I mean, that's what DJ Smith said yesterday. I expect him to make the easy play, of course. Um, but I guess it's – I haven't seen much of him, and I'm sure you guys feel the same way. Um I expect him to just be solid and to just do all he can, make the easy play. Don't try to do anything too spectacular. I mean, as McDavid was rushing down the ice last night, I wasn't even thinking, oh, that's a great goal. The, the Sens communications tweet popped into my head of the D pairings <laughs> for tonight. And I mean, just he's kind of like, what are we expecting tonight? I don't think maybe at a complete shutdown performance, but, you know, just make the easy play, get shots to the net. You know, don't do anything that makes the, the kind of the coaches or the fan base say, oof, he doesn't deserve to be in there. Just just play a quiet game, I think, would be great for Zoop tonight. Yeah, I'm with you there. Like, he doesn't need to wow anyone, but you just need to be like, okay, he did better than Josh Brown. He did better than Mike Riley or something like that, right? Like, you just got to show that he can at least hang with uh, the top six and make an impact in the decor if he gets the chances to. Now, I want to ask you, you know we're a hashtag goalie-friendly show, but it's been hard to be friendly towards Matt Murray so far. What is your opinion on Matt Murray? Are you a little nervous here knowing that he signed to a big ticket? You traded a second-round pick. He's supposed to be the future goalie of this franchise. Or do you think it's only been a couple games? We're going to see a bounce back from him soon here. So my, my kind of initial reaction when you asked that was, yes, I am a little bit worried just about the content. Hard not number. to be. The number and the term, but it's it's only been it's been less than ten games, and I know it hasn't been great. And and a lot of the goals he's he's been letting in have been kind of goals that NHL goalies should at least make a better play on. But I I I kind of agree with what DJ Smith's saying. He needs confidence, like you guys were saying. I think on the last show, he, he just he's lacking confidence, and I think the only way you get him confidence is is putting him in. And, you know, I don't think it's been entirely his fault. I think, I think the decor is obviously struggling and I think they're giving up some, some really high class opportunities, some really good players that he's been having trouble with. But um, I think, I think you got to stay the course. I think you've made this decision. I think you have to live with it now. And I think, you know, I, I really do believe in Matt Murray because I've seen him do some incredible things. I, I don't think that's gone, but I think um, Pierre grew should work with him every day on just kind of positioning and rebound control. Um, and I think Murray can pull, pull himself and the team out of this a little bit with a couple of good starts, just maybe a two goal let in game against Edmonton tomorrow or something like that. If, if he can limit teams to two goals and the Sens can score three, that's, that's a really feel good moment for that, for the whole team, I think. Yeah, I liked what you mentioned, positioning and rebound control, two things that Matt Murray has to work on for Ottawa to have any sort of success, not only this year, but you signed with a four-year contract. So let's see how that plays out throughout. Last question for me, Chris, is 
the up-and-comers? Which prospect, not on the Sens' current roster, are you most fired up to see get in there eventually and make their impact? Um, okay, so I know you guys have been talking about him a lot recently for good reason, and that's Shane Pinto. What a year he's having right now. Shane Pinto, I, have, I wrote a couple notes out here, and one is just Shane Pinto has me fired up. And he has me fired up. Like he looks, he looks just like a clinical, just a, just a finisher, especially on the power play. He's in the right spots. He's getting a stick in there for tips and, and deflections. I, I think Shane Pinto is going to be on the Sens power play someday, maybe in the next couple of years. And he, him alongside Timmy, that could be really dangerous on, on a power play unit. I'm really excited for Shane. Yeah, we're so excited for Shane Pinto, too. He's looking like that centerman that the Ottawa centers are looking for. He's got all the intangibles. He's two-way, can win face-offs and score goals. So, hey, we may even get to see him this season if trade deadline uh, happens and things open up after UND wins the championship, of course. Then Pinto and JVD can come play for the Sens. Last question for me, Chris. This is a hot debate, and the Ottawa Senators are one of the teams without a captain named right now. Obviously, there's two big choices. Either you can choose Thomas Shabbat or Brady Kachuk, but I'll leave it open for you. Who should the Senators name their captain next season? If they're naming it next season, which I think they're going to, um, that's really difficult. Um, I would go Tom Shabbat personally, um, just because he's been there a little bit longer. He's been around the organization. I think he, I know, I mean, Brady's like the ultimate character guy and, and you'd love to see him as a captain, but I don't know, maybe it's the Carlson kind of the remnants of Eric Carlson, the great defensive captain. I, I wouldn't mind seeing Shabbat. He's got the, he's got the play. I'm sure he's a good leader. He seems to get along with everyone in the room. Might as well slap the C on him and he can just, oh, he could win a Norris. He could win a Norris with that confidence. I'm sure it'd be, it'd be great to see him with the C and Brady with an A and you know, that's okay for Brady. I think he, he won't mind. Yeah. I don't think so either. You know, that he's going to bring it every night, no matter what. Now, Chris, you, you're in broadcasting school at the college of sports media. I hope you got that little broadcasting tip. Use it for interviews. Whenever you and a buddy are doing it, you say final question. You think the interviewee thinks that, oh, we're wrapping up soon. That's great. And then the other guy hits him. Oh, final question from me. So that's just a little <laughs> trick to keep in your back pocket. But Chris, it's been great chatting with you at Chris May 9188 on Twitter. We got to pump up the follows, man. We got some elite content coming out of you. And we're excited to see what comes next as you continue at the College of Sports Media. And don't worry, we'll absolutely be having you back on down the road. So thanks for being a Sense Central citizen today, Chris. Thanks so much, guys. I'd be on thrilled to come on here. It's my first time doing this. You guys are like the, uh, the Alfie and Spezza to my Timmy. <laughs> Stick taps to Chris for joining us on the show. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter. And before we get to the rest of our episode, let's power up with a Built Bar. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Comes in 16 amazing flavors, so you never have to choose the same one twice. Although we know that some you'll like so much, you won't have yourself a choice. There's eight that are chocolate, not eight are chocolate but nut free and they're all 100% covered in chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in this delicious treat. The bars, I always like to call them a nutritional grand slam, but in reality, they are just one healthy protein bar. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. You add that all together. I'm not the biggest math guy, but I can tell you that that is a positive result. When I look at the mint brownie, I see 15 grams of protein, only 110 calories with four grams of sugar and five grams of net carbs. Now I had the mint brownie the other day. 
But Pillsy, we already got your parlay of the day. We don't know which way that's going to go, but we always trust your Pillsy's pick of the day. Yeah, I will not leave you high and dry with Pillsy's pick of the day for Built Bar flavors. That is a guarantee. And look, guys, I've got to do it. I've got to take the low-hanging fruit. This will be the first time we're seeing Timmy Stutzla go up against Leon Dreisaitl. And don't forget Dominic Cahoon in there as well. So we got a German matchup. You know I'm going to Built Bar German chocolate cake flavor. It's delicious. Get some chocolate in you. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. Why not get German chocolate cake flavor in there as well? Go enjoy it today. Built Bar, German chocolate cake, Pillsy's pick of the day. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com and make sure you use our promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your first order. It's builtbar.com. Locked On is the promo code for 20% off your first order. All right, Pilsy, we're going to finish off with our locked-on player, our lookout player, our Sens abroad, and how the Sens can secure a key to victory tonight. But before we do that, let's take a look at a pair of Nodak Sens games. It was a 6-2 win on Friday night, and they were down early but came back, and no surprise. We're going to save Shane Pinto for a moment here. But then on Saturday night, it was a 5-4 loss. So a 1-1 weekend. What was your major takeaway from how the Nodak Sens performed? Well, I mean, I'm going to steal a bit of your thunder, but Shane Pinto remains to be the guy for UND. Like, anytime there's a a game where they win, you can probably take a look at Shane Pinto's stats and say, hey, he was a big part of that. And even though they lost 5-4, he was a big part of keeping it a close game. So this is uh, this was a good weekend for UND, and they were riding high. Like, they were on a massive win streak up against Colorado College and Denver for a bit there. So good uh, Omaha. They face a little adversity here, which is good. You don't want to cruise too easily to the championship. So you got to have a little adversity in the season so you can figure things out. And, hey, Johnny Tyconic, our old guy, getting a goal for his team as well. So lots of action for the Sens in this weekend. Yeah, Johnny Jin and Tyconic, a beauty too. And you know that felt good scoring against the team he became a castaway of before. So two goals for Shane Pinto in last night's game. Two assists for JBD. Yeah, you know me and Jake Sanderson with an assist on Friday night. You mentioned the one-on-one weekend. Well, Pelsey, if we're going soccer style, they win on aggregate with the 6-2 win out muscling the 5-4 loss. I was surprised they lost Saturday because they had the business suits on. When they wear black, that's usually an automatic sign of victory. But let's dive in to Shane Pinto a little bit more. Last night, two goals, as I mentioned. That means he has goals in four straight games, but he also has four straight games with multi-points. Six goals and two assists puts him fourth place in the entire NCAA in points. And two of the players in front of him are seniors, and the other is Cole Caulfield in Wisconsin playing in a worse division and what what would you say he's a pretty solid prospect himself so you got to tip your cap at a certain extent as well one thing Cole Caulfield can't put a put a match to is Shane Pinto's face-off percentage he's taken exactly 400 isn't that a nice round number too exactly 400 face-offs and he's won 62.8 percent which is outstanding so the Nodak sends another victory they're going to be in the top three again in the polls this week and you just have to assume the Penrose Cup is getting closer and closer within their grasp before we move on though Pills the national championship which Nodak expects to be in is April 10th do you know when the NHL trade deadline is two days later two days later so do you think that the sell-off 
could happen simply to make room for at least Pinto and JBD to finish the season in Ottawa. Let's remember, that would give them a full month of NHL hockey because the regular season ending on May 8th. Yeah, I think we could definitely see that. Um, And I think that would be great to see because those two... Those two are the most realistic, right? We're, we're not expecting to see Jake Sanderson. No, and nor do I want to see Jake Sanderson yet. Like, no rush. And you got JBD coming in here. And, hey, if Shane Pinto can come in and all he's got to do is stay consistent in face-offs, if, if he can win some draws, DJ Smith is going to love this guy because that's an area the Sens have been struggling in mightily. And these are two players that arguably could have been ready this year. Like, last year could have been their last collegiate year and you wouldn't have been too shocked. So it'd be great to see him in action this year, especially for near the end of uh, the season. And then you can start building some chemistry for next year when they are going to be taking their big, massive steps to becoming a playoff contender next season. The Ottawa Senators have the third worst faceoff percentage as a team in the entire National Hockey League. So adding Shane Pinto could not hurt them in that category. Ultimately, I think that his entire game, well-rounded as it is, just like JBD, would be a great help. So that's just something to keep our eye on, that discrepancy of two ga- two days between the national championship and trade deadline for the NHL. Very interesting if you're an Ottawa Senators fan. And Pilsy, there's some goings-on in Sweden as well with sense prospects. Oh, yeah, we got to keep our eyes out in Sweden because there's a couple Sens prospects that are making some big moves here. Ross, one of the guys that you uh, seem to have a sweet spot for from the last draft, Eric Engstrand the big Swedish power forward. He re-signs with Malmo for next season. So nice to see him get another opportunity there. And I think he wouldn't be ready for Belleville or uh, any chance of North American hockey next season anyways. So giving him another season in Malmo will do him some good. And then our old pal, Victor Lodin with the power play goal. You love to see him lighten it up over in Sweden as well. So these are two guys that could possibly play into the Sens uh, Belleville squad within uh, not next year, but probably the year after. So it's good to keep tabs on these guys. And that, as always, is courtesy of Sens Prospect, keeping us up to date. Yeah, stick tabs to Henry, as always, at Sens Prospects. Make sure you follow him. He's almost at 10,000. we got to get the, the road to 10,000 for Sens Prospects. Absolutely. Now focusing, finally, on tonight's game, our locked-on player to watch for. Pilsy, who is yours? Well, my locked-on player to watch for tonight is going to be Eric Goodbranson. Because, look, Thomas Shabbat, he's the, he's the cornerstone of this defense. He's arguably the most important player on the entire team, as it is. So I feel like Goody's going to have to take on a leadership role here, right? Like, he was brought in to be a stable veteran, play big minutes. This is going to be the ultimate test. Big minutes up against uh, Drysdale McDavid. He's going to get those big matchups. And, look... <laughs> DJ Smith didn't do him too many favors with his D partner either. No offense to Braden Coburn, but that's going to be a tough matchup um, to, to do for Coburn and Goody here. He's been a minus machine, but he's played a lot of minutes, and I think he's been good physical, right? Like he's been blocking shots. He's been, he's been throwing hits. So hopefully he can stay physical and be a good shutdown defenseman up against some of these top guns in Edmonton. I'm going to say artem zub again even though i'm not sure if he'll even be in the lineup but i like your choice of cabranson there's gonna be a lot of focus on him with the lack of experience on the sense blue maybe experience isn't the right word because they're bringing in Braden coburn who has a ton of that but maybe that's all he has but uh 
yeah, you're, you're going to need something out of Gabranson. You've strapped an A on the front of his jersey for a reason. Let's see if he can go lead by example for just one night. Let's turn back the clock a little bit and see what he can do. I'm going to say that if Artem Zub is not in the lineup, I got to go with Timmy Superstar. Like Tim Stutzla playing against his countrymen, that storyline writes himself. And you know there's going to be a little extra pep in his step. And I thought he's coming off his best game as an Ottawa Senator, creating and being on a bit of a different line. It's going to be Tierney, Batherson, and Stutzla, just like last game ended. So you're like, oh, wow, who's on the kid line then? They moved Connor Brown up to play with Norris and Kachuk. It's going to be Stutzla, Tierney, and Batherson. I really like that trio. I think they're going to make plays in the offensive zone. So look for Timmy to break out tonight. I'm going to call a multi-point game for Timmy tonight. Yeah, I agree. I think Timmy's going to have a big game, and I did think last game was his best game yet. So I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised. Multi-point would be a surprise for me, but uh, I wouldn't be too shocked if he at least gets an apple on, on the power play here. So we've talked about our locked-on players. Now our lookout players, which we're going to do to quickly feature a pair of players from the opposing team who you got to keep your eye out at. I'll take the low-hanging fruit. It's Connor McDavid. I told you the point streak. He's on 12 points in his last six games. This guy has been an animal since he entered the league. He is the number one player in the National Hockey League. With all due respect to Nathan McKinnon, Sidney Crosby, and who I'm assuming who you'll pick. But there's just an electricity when Connor McDavid comes out on the ice. And it's something that no matter who you cheer for, you just have to respect it. And you slide to the edge of your seat whenever, he's, uh, whenever he picks up steam in the neutral zone. Yeah, I mean, Connor McDavid, that's a real great pick there, Ross. I think uh, you nailed that one for a guy to look out for. Now, you, you hinted that I might go with Drysaddle here. I'm going to switch it up a bit because those are the obvious picks. I'm going with a guy who's trying to make it back in this league, and that's Jesse Pugliarvi. And I think, like I said, the eyes are going to be on McDavid and Drysaddle. The Sens game plan is going to be based around those two. So I'm going to be keeping an eye on these second-tier guys like Pugliarvi, um, Nugent Hopkins is another great example because they could get some space and some scoring opportunities with the Sens focusing on those two big guys. So he's a key part of this team moving forward and they need him to be a part of this team. They spent a lot of draft capital on him. He's been kind of wasting away, not really the relationship between him and the management hasn't been good. You picked it up in Finland. So I think he's going to have a lot to prove this season and he's playing on the top line with Connor McDavid. So he has been put in a position to succeed and I haven't really got to see Pugliarvi play much. So I'm excited just to see what he's got. Yeah. Didn't Zach Cassian score like 20 goals playing with Connor McDavid? I feel like you and I could put up some NHL points on that line. He made Pat Maroon an all-star too. <laughs> yeah. That's another example of playing with Connor McDavid. Similar like playing with Mark Stone. He just makes the players around him that much better. Pilsy, I'm going to get your key to victory momentarily. We'll just fire through. There's a few sends abroad playing in this game. Kyle Turris, most notably, after a, a not-so-successful stint in Nashville, he gets an opportunity as the third-line center behind the two superstars in McDavid and Drysaddle, so he's well-protected there. He hasn't really bounced back, though, uh, too much. So we'll see if Turris gets a little jump in his step playing against his former team, probably looking at them, not even recognizing He's expecting the old 3D trash logo. And he's going to be like, wow, these guys are looking sharp. Chasson, Ennis, the other two playing in this game, a couple depth wingers, although Chasson can uh, punch me in the face with that Stanley Cup ring and tell me to give him some respect. But, hey, those guys are just depth pieces. But when you have those two players up the middle, that's really all you need. Pilsy, if the Sens are going to be successful tonight, how are they going to do it? 
I think a big part of this is you're going to have to stay disciplined. Like being able to match Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisel at five on five will be a challenge in itself. If they end up getting uh, the power play here, the Sens are in a lot of trouble, especially because the Edmonton power play is clicking at 21.6% of success rate on the man advantage. So they're going to walk all over these guys if they end up getting multiple power plays, especially considering without Shabbat, a guy who eats up a lot of those five and five minutes, Goody and Coburn, those are the two top penalty-killing defensemen for this team. They're going to have to pick up the slack at even strength, and they're going to be more gas shorthanded. So it's going to be very important for the Senators to stay disciplined. Yeah, same for the Oilers, though, and maybe not as scared of Ottawa's power play that's clicking at under 12%, 28th in the league. Whoops. But the Oilers' PK is also 28th in the league. So... Double negative equals a positive, something along those lines. Hey, if I'm calling a multi-point game from Timmy tonight, I'm going to say at least one of them is on the power play. The Sens will get a power play goal tonight because my key to victory. They're going to have to take advantage early and often of a tired Oilers team. This is Edmonton's fourth game in six nights, including an overtime game last night that was hard fought against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So we'll see how everything shakes out tonight. I don't know if we're expecting a win. I'm probably still going to put 10 bucks on the Sens because I'm such an idiot. But it's going to be nice to have Sens hockey back. I will say that, Dan, on a positive note. Eight pills after two nights without? Yeah, I mean... There's something about a Saturday night when your team's not playing, though. Yeah, yeah, it is weird. And now you get a Sunday night game. And hey, like you said, let's try to take advantage of the Oilers' overtime game back-to-back, uh, second part of the back-to-back here. And... Man, if you're the Ottawa Senators, guys who've been gripping the stick too tightly, I'm looking at Evgeny Dadnow specifically. Pounce on this unexperienced goaltender. Get your cookies now. Get your power play points. Get your shots on net. This is a chance. This is like this is probably going to be the easiest goalie matchup the Sens will have all year. Like you're not going to see third stringers very often in this season. So let's take advantage of this. And hopefully we get some of those big guys getting some confidence, Stutzla, Dadunov scoring some goals and uh, getting some momentum heading into the rest of the season here. Rest of the season comes after tonight's game, but we'll be back in the morning to break it all down. Tee up another week ahead. Tons to look forward to, including maybe a few wins on the horizon. Only a seven-game losing streak. What's a couple more for Brandon Biller and I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.